Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hello guys, welcome uh, to Nonsense and Everything. This is a bonus episode. This is um, a really special episode because today I'm uh, joined by a special guest, uh, Oliver. And uh, he's actually a friend that I met in um, grade school, in uh, fifth grade. I think, uh, actually fourth grade I met him in. Um, today we're actually going to be, um, reading a book <laughs> that me and him, um, made, uh, started actually making, like, typing and all, doing all the work for in fourth grade and just finished, um, our freshman year of high school. So we're going to be reading that today because they're like, you know, we need to, I need to put an episode out. And I was like, this would, this actually sounds really fun to do. So, <laughs> Oliver, are you ready to, you ready to start reading this book, bro? Oh yeah. Ready to rumble. Uh, ready to go. I, I'm going to do a, a nice little reading voice, I think. Um, with All right. It, but, uh, well, there's, a, there's actually a forward part in this book that well, I think I We're not I reading that, so. We're not going to read it, but we're going to paraphrase it, basically. Just well, talk a little bit about, about the book. Yeah, let's just talk about this a bit. I mean, fifth grade. Met in fourth, and then literally next grade, we started writing a book together. Wait, well, how, did, how did we even come up with the idea? I don't remember exactly. Okay, I do remember, actually. It was, we were doing a... Uh, short story. I think we had to include certain words. It was like, I remember one of them was cactus. Um, oh, when um, yeah, our language arts teacher told us to like write a short story or something like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and I remember then that. You and I both both uh, did an apocalyptic scenario. Yours uh, included cactus as like, there's a cactus disease where people were growing like thorns out of their skin. Oh and yeah. And then mine was just. I just mentioned cactus as like the helicopters flying out of the city. They see a cactus and they're like, "Okay, nice." Oh yeah, uh, we kind of like made like our own multiverse. But but we both did a, a, a an apocalyptic scenario, and then when we just started talking about it randomly. We were like, "Yo, thorns going out of someone's skin." I'd also say that I got kind of like the um, what's it called, like the inspiration uh yeah. for um, excuse me, sorry, I um got the inspiration for like the whole story thing. I think it was for like I. So I've always loved movies. I always loved movies a lot. I think I always wanted to, like, create my own movie back then. But I was, like, excuse me. I couldn't really, like, you know, I couldn't really do that. I'm only, like, what? How old are you in, like, fifth grade? Like, 13? Young. You're young. But, wait, I, I don't even know. But, anyways, I always loved, like, watching movies and stuff. I always wanted, I always wanted to create, like, um, like movies and stuff like that. And I was, like, you know, I could never, could never actually uh, do that because I didn't have the gear for that. So I was, like, what, what's the closest thing to, like, creating a movie? So I was, like. I write a book, and I wrote I, what, what I want to put in an action movie, and like all that, I'll put into a book. Mm. And I guess basically that's what that's what our book's about. I always wanted to write a book about that was like long, you know, wanted to be like one of the New York bestsellers. Obviously, we never got to that part, but the fact that we were able to even write a book, but by the way, which is I think 142 pages as I'm looking at right now, 142 pages. I've told people that how long our book is that we wrote, and people are impressed by that. Because a lot of kids our age definitely do not write that much. So well, well, to to be honest though, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, that's sort of like a clickbaity thing. Like, oh, 142 pages. That's we didn't write 142 pages. Like, I don't know. These chapters are these chapters if, are short. 
Yeah, if you count all the chapters and then you do like a do some calculation and find the mean of uh the like average number of pages per chapter, they're they're pretty short chapters. I try and lengthen them out, but I I remember Edmund, you threw out this process. You like to start your own chapters quite a bit and that was uh that was nice to like see where your mind was going with this, but also, I'd start something. I'm like, okay, this is going to be an arc. I do. Uh, gonna... I was reading through this book like a while ago, I think like a month ago. Yeah. And I was reading through it and I got to like the longer part of it. And I was like, this character, I, I don't remember this character. So there's, I think there's a chapter that we're going to get to eventually. And it's going to be a little confusing because I don't think it links up. I think right. it just ends abruptly. But it's going to be hilarious to see what our, uh, how old, how old are people in fifth grade? Uh, so I, you guessed 13, it's 10 pretty much. Okay. Our 10 yeah. year old minds where they go to, because obviously we've grown a lot. Um, this is now what I believe seven years later. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Sixth Six grade, seventh grade, eighth uh, grade, ninth birthdays grade. in March. So, oh, uh, oh, actually four years. I was way off, but <laughs> four years later, are you, our minds have definitely matured. So we're probably going to read a bunch of this and it's going to think, wow, this is really goofy. <laughs> I also one more thing I want to say before we start reading. I remember all the teachers, all the teachers. I remember um, they would always. Uh, I would always ask them, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like trick them into like, oh, you want to read my book? You know, me and Oliver are making a book. Would you want to read it? Mm-hmm. And they they were like, yeah. <laughs> like they didn't want to read it because uh, they they probably know how bad it was. Anyways, though, let's not waste any more time. We're gonna actually get into the prologue of it. So we have a prologue. It's crazy. I mean, I kind of want to talk more about this but uh i don't know i i sort of wanted the opposite when you wanted to show it to teachers i just you didn't want to show it yeah no i was i was absolutely against that i was like this is such garbage if anybody ever sees this uh after like before i finished editing all of it and getting through all of it oh boy it's gonna i might no College submissions? Nope. <laughs> I am never getting hired. Are yeah. <laughs> never getting hired for reading this book? Not even Burger King, man. Burger King. Uh, oh wait, you wrote you wrote that book. By the way, the name of the book is Unspecified Fear. Don't ask me why we called it that. Or uh, I called who, it that. Hold on, yeah. Who's this we? That, that I, was me. That was I me. didn't even have a name. I was just like, I that was definitely me. It was first called, I believe, in the infection. Then we went to infection. Hmm. Then I think Unspecified Fear was the last name I put it through. Which, by the way, I literally just looked up synonyms for unclear and chose the first one, which was unspecified. Um, so and um, um, so yeah, um, that's it's called unspecified fear. Um, so we're gonna, I think we're gonna start actually. Uh, I think we should start reading. Yeah, we're gonna start with the prologue because it is actually a pretty long book. We're not gonna read the whole thing today. This is part. This is gonna be part one of uh, reading this book. Uh, but we're going to start with the prologue, and I think we're just going to switch off with chapters. Uh, we don't necessarily have to have a specific like order of who reads what chapter, blah, 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 whatever. Um, if I mean, if you're really serious about it, if you have a specific chapter that you really want to read, then we can do that. But You want to um, just wanna flip the... a coin for who, who gets to go first? I mean, I guess we can do that, yeah. Do you, you have a coin on you? I'm just going to Google flip a coin. <laughs> okay. You can hear me typing. You know, Siri can actually like flip a coin for you if you say you say hey and then you know, I get heads. Not... Oh, okay, landed on heads. No, so I did. No I joke, I did it. set that up. I don't really want to read. I want to read okay. the, the least, but uh, I'll go first chapter. You can do the voices. You want me? I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say. Um. Excuse me. I was gonna say. Yeah. 
Yeah, we can do the voices. Depending, I was thinking maybe we can either just read it through like a regular audiobook, or we can mm-hmm. do voices. We we can change it up though in between chapters. So, yeah, okay. you go with first, and I'll just throw in word our voices in there, I guess too. Okay, well, if we're starting off with voices, the first chapter there's only two voices though. Right. So, well, um, who do you want to be? Oh no, I thought it was one person narrates and like reads the whole thing, and then the uh, second person does the voices. Uh, oh yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Yeah. Just to give you something to do, and you're just not sitting there silently. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, let's start. All right, starting off with you. Seven robberies and 13 bodies. The detective slid the metal chair across the concrete floor, creating a raspy scraping sound. He sat down, wiping his sweat-drenched forehead with the back of his sleeve. Opening the file, he sat back and sighed. You know, normally I'd be coming in here to interrogate you. The detective shook his head. But you, you're a different story. We already got all that we need to know. Security cam footage, eyewitnesses, fingerprints, you name it. The convict stared down. A look of boredom crossed his face. So, why are you here? The detective grinned at him. Nice of you to finally speak up. I'm here to get the names of the gang members. The detective stood up. Three years in the Indigos, then four in the Blackhounds, and now you run your own. The Lazos, isn't it? You've been switching from gang to gang, robbing banks and jewelry stores since you dropped out of high school. The The detective opened a nearby cabinet and pulled out another file. You probably know this, but uh, we got enough dirt in here, on you in here for a life sentence. You have been by far the hardest man to catch. And now, now we caught you in a simple drug bust. The convict look up, finally showing a little interest in what the detective had to say. The two ways I see it, I could ask you right now who your members are. The detective slid over a clipboard with a paper and pen attached, and in turn, oh, you're starting from and, we did not put quotation marks. We did not put quotations there. (laughs) (laughs) And in turn, I get a simple answer, and I could chip away at your life sentence, and if I pull a few strings, then I could get you down to only uh, half of a life sentence in prison. Imagine that. The detective said again. (laughs) Or I can just leave you, and you would get yourself a full sentence. The detective stared blankly at the convict. What are their names? He waited, sitting patiently at the table with his arms folded. He knew that he now had the man's full attention. He sat still, waiting. No answer? All right. Your call. Oliver, I can't hear you anymore. I think you might have muted yourself. I keep trying to... Okay, yeah. There you go. Start over. (laughs) Start from... uh, What are... uh, After full tension, yeah. The detective turned to leave, opening the door to the interrogation room. I ain't no snitch. The detective turned around. What was that? 
I ain't no snitch. Detective Nolan, which is like the first time we mentioned his name, by the way. Detective Nolan. Oh, yeah, because he was actually, he's my favorite uh, (laughs) director, so I was like, we have to use Nolan. (laughs) Mm. You inserted that in there. Okay. I thought this was a chapter I wrote. Anyway, Detective Nolan chuckled. You rather withhold your members than go to jail for all your life? What a stupid decision. The wall of the interrogation room exploded, showering the detective with chunks of brick and metal. He coughed and toppled over, grabbing the doorway as he fell for support. Dust filled the room and the sprinklers activated. The detective could see several dark figures enter through the hole in the wall just before the dust and smoke clouded his glasses. Reaching under his coat and pulling his pistol out of his arm holster, the detective aimed into the gray-tinted room. He hesitated, then fired three rounds off into the darkness. Wanted to do some sound effects for those three rounds. That was two rounds. The detective waited. Thanks. Hearing no sounds except for the sounds of water droplets hitting the metal table and his bullet casings, bouncing on the ground for a few seconds. The sprinklers turned off, and the bullet casings too fell silent leaving his breathing and coughing as the only sounds that he could hear in the dark room. Edging away from the wall, the detective covered his mouth with one hand while keeping his pistol aimed forward with the other. He continued through the dusty room, which was now slowly flooding with a slight bit of light. Suddenly, the detective bumped into a hard metal surface. Feeling the surface... He realized it was the smooth metal table that the convict had been seated at a second ago. As the dust settled and the room cleared, he saw that he what he he saw what he feared he would. The file and the convict gone. All that remained were the handcuffs that the convict had been wearing, a small pick jammed in the lock. I told you. The detective jumped, turning around. Immense pain quickly followed after the loud shot of a shotgun (coughs) filled the small space and the bullet dug itself into his ribs. The shot threw Nolan back and over the table to land among the rubble scattered on the floor. His glasses fell off of his face onto the concrete ground, cracking on impact. The detective held his arm to his stomach, holding in his internals, groaning in pain. The convict smirked, picking up the glasses with his right hand and crushing them with one squeeze of his fist. I ain't no snitch. He nodded to the man to his right, and the bulk man, bulky man pulled a cigarette lighter and the creased fire out of his pocket, igniting it. The convict's eyes glimmered orange as he watched it burn, watching as all the evidence that could imprison him ceased to exist. <laughs> okay, like I said before, there's not too much to talk about in this particular chapter, but um, right. the reason his name was Nolan was uh, it's because I'm a Christopher Nolan fan. Right. Uh, fan. Um, so that's why his name was Nolan. It was actually your chapter. I just changed that his name. That was all I did. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it so, would have been nice if you had mentioned it earlier, though. It's just not like randomly. Oh, by the way, Detective Nolan was his name. Uh, <laughs> but I don't yeah. know. This... I think this is a, this a decent start. It, it Although is this literally start. has nothing to do with the rest of the story. <laughs> I mean, well, it does. Okay, look, it does 
it uh comes into place like i was like i feel like we need a prologue and it can't just be chapter one like as you'll see i don't know it could have made a prologue i suppose but uh i i there are there are um no, uh, I do feel like uh, we should have definitely had a, um, an, an epilogue or a prologue, like you said. But yeah, I agree with that. Well, I mean, I I would just uh, like this actually does come later in the story because later in the story, they I don't know. I don't want to give spoilers away, but it is confusing as to who they are. So these guys end up being antagonists. Okay. Maybe I didn't get that far when I read them. Right. Speaking well, it's, it's not very clear, I think. I think I should have made that more clear. But I mean, that's is... what happens when you're 10 years old when you try to write a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is fair. That is fair when you, it just ends up being bullcrap that doesn't make sense. But hey, this is some quality bullcrap, I will say. All right. All right, let's uh, um, let's move on to uh, the next chapter. I think I'll read this one, actually. I, I sure. think I'll read this one. All right, chapter one. Voices from me or no? Uh, I think we'll just do a regular reading through. Kind of sure. like a, just a regular audiobook. All yeah. right. Evan walked through the alley, trying to get to the new mall on time. Shinola watches were going for half price for the first hundred customers, and Evan was dying for one. It was no Rolex, but it was still a luxury. He went through a short cut down an alley, passing a homeless man on the way, when suddenly a manhole cover opened up before him. When he looked in, he was startled to see a face looking back. The person inside was wearing a dark mask and gloves and had a pitch black hoodie on. Evan backed up and suddenly felt the cold blade of a knife being thrusted at the back of his head. Whoa, 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 what's this all about? Evan said, his usual confident tone wavering. The man with the mask spoke with a light Italian accent. Take a look. <laughs> what does this seem <laughs> like we want, eh? I'm trying my best. The masked man pulled a gun from his jeans and put it to Evan's head. Evan swallowed. Take it easy, all right? He reached a shaking hand into his back pocket, taking out his wallet. Man behind him snatched it away and lowered his knife, and Evan could hear the crankling of $20 bills as the robber emptied the money out, chuckling. How much? The masked man asked. Looks like around uh, 500 <laughs> Totally different accent. That, yeah, My an bad. Italian guy in just a Looks like around 500 Looks like around 500 Evan saw the man in front of him smirk, kind of gleanful, Gleeful grin displayed across his face. Evan's clammy hands clenched up. Just then, the lid of a garbage can toppled off. The man turned and pointed his glock at the can. I suggest you come out if you value your life, he said. Come on, I know you're there. I'm going to start shooting, I swear I will. He approached the can, keeping his gun trained directly on it. He pulled back the hammer on his gun. Glocks don't have hammers, do they? I was... I was going to talk about that after the thing, but no. Last chance. Three, two. Before he could finish his countdown, a figure from behind the trash can reached out, grabbing him by his gunned arm and yanked him off his feet, throwing him forward past the trash can against the side of a dumpster. He screamed as he sailed through the air, but it was abruptly cut off as all the wind was knocked out of him. Out of from behind the trash can, the figure rose. It was mute. Mutated and ugly, white as snow, with long, thorn-like needles sticking out from all over its body, it let loose one bone-chilling screech before starting to charge straight for Evan and the fake homeless man. Evan picked himself up, <laughs> turned, and ran as fast as he could. The man backed up and stumbled backward in fear. He tensed up, gripping his knife hard. He jumped forward and sliced at its neck, 
It screeched, and its tough skin split open, but it didn't stop. It advanced. Seeing that its weapon was ineffective, the man turned around, no escape, to the howling, to the howling creature. But the creature stabbed a sharp, thorny hand into the robber's leg and dragged him away. The man cried for help, bleeding all over the ground. The creature grasped the man's leg and slashed at it over and over again with its thorn-like hands. The man screamed, but it repeatedly stabbed and scratched, causing the man to faint in pain. The creature stopped, turning to head back down the alley. Okay, there's a few things about this one. First thing I want to mention, yeah. first, first thing I want to mention, um, Shinola watches, it was originally Rolex, and I looked up how expensive Rolex are, Yeah. and I was like, holy smokes, and also Rolex, uh, Rolex don't doesn't give away watches for deals. Mm. So, I looked up top 10 luxury watches, and, and Shinola was like the second one, so I just hoped that they gave them away at deals. Anyways, um, this anything you want to, <laughs> you want to say? Yeah. About this chapter in particular. Well, as as no, as you mentioned during the uh middle of it, Glocks do not have hammers. I I I feel like I pretty much pulled an Edmund with uh the Shinola watches and just looked up like most common guns or something. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that the Glock, okay. And uh guns have hammers, so a Glock must have a hammer. Alright. <laughs> but... Yeah, I didn't realize that until now that I was reading it. But yeah, that Glocks definitely don't have hammers. <laughs> there, there was there was so much uh i don't know for for 10 year olds and i guess we were a bit older for like some of the you know it went until eighth grade so a few years older for different uh sections but like we i like, think it's definitely as you as we read along the chapters you'll, you'll definitely see like the the growing and progression of like the words be used and like the the I, describing as right. we grow older too as we grow older i i think like definitely later on yeah like at the far end of the book, I actually haven't read that far recently, but I think we'll definitely see it. But I was just saying, um, throughout the book, there was so much just looked up stuff, and you can you can really tell sometimes it's just like inserted as in, okay, ketamine, uh, that's a drug <laughs> that uh, look that's a painkiller. Okay, the painkiller, a ketamine, putting ketamine in there. I feel like I use that later in a doctor chapter or something, but yeah, I don't know. We just bullcrapped it but i think it worked out uh decently it, it gave us the results we wanted i don't know this is yeah. still just fun to read either way yeah all right i think let's move on to the second chapter you want to read that one sure sure right. okie dokers we're gonna get some good vo- we, we jumped no right in the action with our books oh yeah yeah we're we're not patient enough to go through any no Mm-mm. just straight to it All right, chapter two. The man groaned. Sweat and blood clogged his eyes. He wiped it away and touched the wound on his head from where he had fallen on the concrete. The man sat up, looking at the injury on his leg. He looked around, wary that whoever or whatever had attacked him might still be around. He grabbed a piece of plywood from a nearby dumpster to use as a weapon. His leg was cut and bleeding. There was a small needle that stuck in the limb, a long, sharp one. The injured man attempted to get up, but fell down every time. He sat there, breathing slowly and heavily. For some reason, his leg, which had just been mutilated by a creature, felt numb instead of stinging with pain as he imagined it should. He turned and crawled towards his friend who was lying still, up against the dumpster where 
against which the creature had thrown it. He noticed his friend had several puncture wounds, probably from when the creature had grabbed his arm. He crawled over and checked the pulse. It was beating, but slower. He checked his own pulse. It also was slow. He began to feel uneasy and drowsy. Suddenly, he felt a sharp pain in his upper leg, just a bit farther up from the place where the creature had viciously mutilated him. He screamed as he felt the pain of his bone expanding and started crawling away from the alley in hope of finding help. He didn't make it halfway there before his leg was covered in bony thorns jutting out from all over. He yelled loudly, scaring a few pigeons away. His arm began to bleed next and also slowly began to fade with feeling. Next, his left leg began to grow long, sharp spines, and he cried out for help. Help! The injured man screamed to the older, now frightened man outside of his home. What in the... The startled man went back inside and slammed the door, leaving the half-paralyzed man out alone outside. The man's teeth began to grow long and sharp, cutting at the inside of his mouth. He tried to scream, but could only produce an awkward screech as he vomited out blackened blood. His throat welled up and he felt more and more tired. His skin began toughening into a thick sheet of cartilage. His eyes began to get smaller until they were just dots on his face. His pupils turned a sinister black. His back started to sprout long porcupine-like spines. His entire body turned white as a bone and his nails grew long and thick, sharper than lives. He passed out once again, but what rose a few seconds later was not human. One thing I want to point out before I forget. Right. So, uh, I the, drink some the, water. Hold on. All right. The part where he um he says um oh he felt his bone uh, bone expand it reminded me of a meme where it was um they they said it was a it was one of the it's um I forget what the website's called but you can pay like celebrities to like say certain things. Um, mm. I don't know if you ever heard of that website. I don't know what it's called exactly. No. There was a YouTuber that they paid this uh, famous celebrity from uh, who voiced uh, Duke Nukem. And there's oh, a, guy, yeah. they made him say, goat milk helps expand growth. <laughs> mm, I just felt my bone grow. <laughs> and that reminded me of it so much. Mm. I'll send yeah. the video to you later. But oh my goodness, that reminded me of that anyways. Because... Any, any, any comments on that chapter? The, the cause for this whole uh, incident is goat milk. That's that's the <laughs> release. That would have been the uh, that would have been the plot twist in book two. Oh, no, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know this. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was. Hmm? You thought it, it was okay. I don't think it's better from here. I don't think it's better from here. Well, that's yeah, right. That's true. I think it was uh, decent how we really uh developed and described um the the uh like you know mutil the well you know spoiler alert but this well we're gonna read that anyway but this is going to you know come up later pretty much yeah for so sure there's gonna be more of this happening so just i think the audience yeah stuff be, uh, speeds up happens. really quickly in this world like like right. super quickly so but, um, but how the audience understands uh just how it works and how like you know, just the, the, I guess, to a 10-year-old, brutal descriptions of 
a man uh, transforming into a, a violent As brutal creature. as we can imagine, basically. Right. Exactly. <laughs> as brutal as we can imagine. But, uh, All right. but I, I don't know, think, I think uh, that was just nice to have early on, I think. Our I think so, too. I think our book, that. definitely reading it, you won't get bored. Because I remember a lot of kids in our class were, who oh, yeah. like hated reading. It was actually pretty entertained by our book. Yeah. I Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Coming from 10-year-olds, 10-year-olds sort of know what 10-year-olds want because they're, well, 10-year-olds. And they so. have a short ex- uh, attention span, too. Oh, yeah. So they. So I was surprised that people actually sat and read our book, read our book and were like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty decent. Yeah. Just got straight to the action, as you said last exactly, chapter. Exactly, exactly. Speaking of action, it gets even more action in Chapter 3, which I will read right now. By I the way, I did send you the I video. Really want to do voices. I did see I that. Sent, I sent the video to you, Duke Nukem. Um, I'll watch it later. <laughs> okay. Um, you want to do voices? I, I kind of want to just read it. But... Okay. Well, okay, give me your best gem. Read read this, the first paragraph, and give me your best gem during that, and uh, we'll see, and maybe I'll interject and want to do voices, but give me a good gem. All right, got you. <clears throat> a patrol, yeah. A patrol car. A patrol car pulled up at Doctor Derek's house, who had just called about seeing a strange creature. It's probably just a stray kid or dog. <laughs> Said Jim, the younger officer. Sorry, let's try again. <clears throat> the younger one. It's probably just a stray kid or dogs. <laughs> <laughs> this is a character that goes on throughout the rest yeah, of no, the just, book. If you're going to want to read that to... voice. All right. Probably just a uh, straight cat or dog, said Jim, the younger officer. Hmm. Even if it is, it's, it's our duty to respond, said Carter. The two officers stepped out into the cold night. They walked, into the, they walked to the door of the house. They knocked and waited. An elderly man cautiously peeked out. He was dressed in a bathrobe and had a short gray beard. He was holding a baseball bat with a trembling hand. The man adjusted his glasses. Before Carter could begin, the man spoke up. Finally, you're here. It was it was over there when I saw it. He stretched a quivering, veiny finger in the direction of a va- alley of a nearby alley. I forgot what it looked like exactly, but I remember it looked like a monster, said Mr. Derrick. Householder. The two officers turned their head to see where the man had pointed. Is there a possibility that it was just a homeless person or someone dressed strangely, perhaps? Mr. Derrick didn't respond verbally. Instead, he just shook his head. Can you give us a better description, please? Jim asked. It's, it's a monster. Suddenly, they heard a screeching sound coming out from behind the alley, just less than six feet away. Does that sound like a cat or dog to you, Cart? Oh, sorry. Does that sound like a cat or dog to you? Carter asked, squinting in the direction. Oh. Does that that sound like a cat or dog? I can't do Carter's voice. You do Carter's voice. Does that sound like a cat or dog to you? Carter asked, squinting in the direction of the sound. Mr. Derrick's froze in place, eyes widening. He turned a blank pale before slamming and locking his door. The officers put their hands on their holsters and walked slowly towards the screeching noises. A cardboard box flew into the air. Uh, sh- shouldn't we call this in, Carter? Jim asked nervously. Out of nowhere, a flash of white sprung through the air and Carter was tackled to the ground. Car! yelled Jim. He tricked, he kicked the monstrosity off, hearing a screech from the creature. The creature jumped back toward Carter, slashing at his forehead with its long, sharp nails, narrowly missing him. Shoot it! 
he shouted frankly as the creature raised its arm. You could even call it that, to attack again. Jim aimed, but the creature was moving so fast Jim couldn't get a clear shot. He knew that he didn't have any options. It was now or never. He pulled the trigger. The creature screeched as the bullet dug itself into the creature's shoulder, rolling over from the impact of the round. Carter got up and both of them held their guns toward the creature. The creature got up and bounded into the alley. Jim unloaded the last few shots from his gun toward the monster, in hopes of getting in a few more shots of it into as it ran towards the alley. And there's like some asterisks there to like show that time passed. As he rounded the corner, the first thing Carter saw was the mutilated body of a middle-aged man. Hey, Jim! He yelled, bending down to get a better look at the body. Jim ran over. Oh, God, said Jim, placing his gun in his holster. He clenched his hand over his mouth just before taking it off to lean over and vomit. Jim had seen a body before, but he'd never seen one as gruesome as this. There was a cut across the man's chest. The man's eyes were shrunken and black, and he was bleeding out of his mouth. Carter moved his head towards the body's chest, trying to hear a pulse as Jim radioed for backup. As Carter's head got close to the man's chest, the corpse arm suddenly lashed out at the officer. The nails of the arm slit his forehead just above the officer's eye. Carter fell back, holding his forehead with his left hand. Jim walked back, hearing Carter shout. He pulled his gun back out, not hesitating as he aimed this time. He shot the body three times, all three shots landing somewhere in the torso area. The arm fell limp. You okay, Carter? Asked Jim, his gun pointing towards the alley. My forehead is cut real bad, said Carter. The, the patrol car should be on its way, Jim, said pulling out a crumpled handkerchief and placing it on Carter's bleeding forehead. You'll be all right, said Jim. You'll be all right. You know, as I'm reading this, I realize we do, we, we repeat like a lot of the same words. Right. And our, like, we'll say the creature bounded into the alley and they, that was the last they saw of the creature. And mm. it's like, because before I was like, I don't know what to name the creature. Like, what do we name it? And we don't, I don't think we give a name to it until like really late, late, late in the book. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I think having, you know, I haven't written nothing this size, I think, uh, over the years. But I think, like, current advice I'd give, like, as a writer would be don't be afraid to just Google synonyms and then really look at the synonyms to see if they work uh, in the setting. Because having that um, that variance uh, with what words you use can, can really uh, help create your tone. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, I think we should move on to chapter three, four. Sorry, chapter four. four. Yeah. Wow, we're already yeah. at four, chapter four. Well, four is Would like you like short? There you are. Would you like to read chapter four? Uh, sure. Do you want me to read four and five? Oh yeah, five is short too. Yeah, how, how how? Let me check real quick. How short is five? Oh well, five four is really short. Holy smokes! All right, yeah, you can read four and five. I'll get both of them done. Then we'll just talk about them. We haven't talked about chapters after we've read them as much as I thought we would. So this should just be a breeze. All right. Evan fumbled with the two keys until he finally got one to work. He knocked the door open and rushed inside. He stood in the front of the door for a minute before slowly backing up and sitting on his couch. His palms were covered in sweat and his forehead began to drip with sweat too. He was shaking and his stomach swam with nauseousness. He laid down on the furniture and took four deep breaths 
then he exhaled his final inhale then he exhaled his final inhale and closed his <laughs> eyes his stomach still swirled but he felt more relaxed he then drifted off into a somewhat peaceful slumber as the shopkeeper turned to grab a ne- oh sorry chapter 5 by the way as the shopkeeper turned to grab a necklace from the display case to her left she noticed that the security guard that had been patrolling the hallway of the annex earlier was no longer there it was such an odd detail that it stood out to her no it was odd that such a detail stood out to her but it did for some reason something about it just seemed off she looked closer there was a streak of something on the ground she couldn't see it clearly but it was probably paint either the painters had done a poor job and dripped while working on the annex or they were still there painting she couldn't see any around though hadn't they left that day um excuse me the woman uh, sorry um excuse me the, <laughs> sorry i had to the woman on the other side of the counter asked oh i'm terribly sorry the shopkeeper turned back to her customer you wanted the light blue one right no i wanted the purple halfway through the sentence the customer stopped her eyes widened and she screamed she was looking at something behind the shopkeeper the shopkeeper didn't even have time to turn around oh man those that's it's starting to get really good i can already tell oh yeah this is this is really when the action kicks up and then i think there's a bit of a lull for a while where there isn't any and then i think there's like intense or maybe it just continues i don't know but i think yeah, there's no. a period of time where they're trying to figure something out yeah for sure no i i definitely you know as we're reading more into this book i actually it's such the fact that i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm able to, oh my goodness sorry i'm going to be able to have this book and when i eventually choose to have kids and be like i wrote this you know i wrote this your dad wrote this that's gonna be crazy your, no, better yet, your dad wrote this when he was your age. What have you got to do? Where's your book, bud? Yeah, where's your book at, huh? Yeah, what are you playing? Are you still playing with cars? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Get these Hot Wheels out of here. You're playing Fortnite? What are you doing? Get off that console. <laughs> Write a book. Dude, do, you think, do you think Fortnite will still be a thing when you're like a dad? <sighs> you know, it might. It might. But honestly, I hope it's not, but it might. <laughs> It'll yeah. be on like season like 40 or something like that. 40. Mm. Um, yeah. but oh uh, no, no, my goodness! I hope it's not. But yeah, the fact that we—I'm still kind of—we really wrote this on like ten and eleven. That's crazy. That's—I oh, mean, yeah. when we first started it, but like that yeah. was—that was a short chapter. That was like what four paragraphs, if you can call them paragraphs. And I think that was—I don't know. I'm pretty sure I wrote that one because you know, I—I no I got the idea to write really short chapters after reading a book from um. Um, James Patterson, one of his chapter books, which was an adult chapter book, so it wasn't a kid's chapter book. His chapters are, like, really short. They're only, yeah. like, a few paragraphs. So mm-hmm. it was like, if he can do it, we can do it, too. Obviously, we didn't do it correctly, but right. um, we did it. So well, that's where we got – or that's where I got my inspiration to make the chapters uh, shorter. Well, well, like, seeing how, as as in Chapter 2, a guy, like, transformed into, like, a, a <laughs> mutilated creature. I don't know how much of a kid's book this is exactly, but I don't know. I think – we might have been punching above our weight class a bit, but I think we held our own. You know, if you just asked your average fifth grader to write a book for like teens and adults, I don't think they'd do near as good as this. No offense to any fifth graders out there. No, I, de- I, de- I definitely, I definitely agree. 
Um, I think uh, uh, let's move on to chapter uh, six because it's actually a shorter one, and then we can move on to chapter seven where all the stuff starts picking up. Oh yeah. So I'll, I'll read chapter six so yeah. that we can move on, which gets even gets even better in chapter seven. Me doing voices, <laughs> I think I did a good Carter. I'll yeah, you do, can do voices. I'll just read. Okay. I'll do voices. Okay. Jim clutched his arm, but the sweat on his hand only made the wound sting even more. He felt weird from the remaining adrenaline coursing through him. He leaned against the window. He felt a weird feeling in his stomach. That's you. I thought you were doing the oh, voices. My oh, mic was muted. I'm sorry. Oh. Pull over. No, oh, wait. Mm. He said. Pull over. He felt a weird feeling in his stomach. Wait, okay, we're taking it from there. All right. I'm starting over. Cause I thought your mute was your mic was muted. So sorry. He felt a weird feeling in his stomach. Yeah. Pull over. He said, holding his hand against his mouth. The car stopped and Jim stepped out, throwing up on the side of the road. He got back in and lied back against the seat, thinking of what he had just done if he, what he could have done if he hadn't been so useless. Jim had to shoot Carter because he attacked him, his own friend trying to kill him. What had gotten into Carter? He left him in the patrol car as he went to go see if anyone had anything that he could stop the bleeding with on Carl's forehead. When suddenly the car door went flying off its hinges and a monster came out. Jim had told himself it wasn't Carter, but it was still so hard to put a bullet in it. Even as it ambled toward him, about to kill him, he couldn't fire. He closed his eyes as tears rolled down his face and fired several times. A bullet dug itself into its neck, causing it to collapse. He had killed his best friend. When the reinforcements had arrived, he was sitting there in the alley crying. As the officer got out and saw the body and heard what had happened from the locals, Jim climbed into the squad car without a word and waited for the officer to drive them back to the police station. The memory played over and over in Jim's mind, causing him to start crying again. It was just his third month on the job. He had killed his partner. Suddenly, the silence was broken by the car radio. Attention, attention, we have a 417K in progress. To any officers who are listening, we need assistance as soon as possible. An armed male has broken into the new mall and opened on Main Street. Repeat, we are requiring any available assistance. Blared the patrol car radio. The driver turned back and looked at Jim. We have to help. Jim cocked his gun. He remembered his partner's first words when they arrived at the house just two hours earlier. It's, it's our duty to respond. Oh, sorry. It's our duty to respond. Uh, give me a second. Oh, yeah, all right. Jim said, sitting up uh, straight and reaching for the radio. Roger that. We're on our way, he said. The driver gave him a weird look and then turned the patrol car around and headed back toward the distress call. The police car lights flashed on as the siren started and the car began to pick up speed. Nice. Okay. Chapter six. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty short chapters, but they really... I think a lot of books these days... um, you can clearly tell a bunch of stuff is filler. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, but but like, 
uh, I don't know. I think we we did a pretty good job of getting just straight to the point. That was that's that's one of the good things about being lazy. You just are like, yeah, I'm just gonna all right, action scenes. No, I definitely agree. Yeah, I think it, we have gotten to the point of a lot of our books. Like, we didn't like scurry around with like too much detail. I remember reading a bunch of books, yeah. um, like young adult books and books, and they just man, they they lack they lack or they they stay so long on the detail it gets right? boring yeah like they'll just start describing like what's in the house like a minor like detail it's like i don't care move on there's there's a difference between somebody walking into a room and observing there was a wooden table in the middle of the room it looked to be italian there was a bowl on top of the table versus like there was a bowl on top of the table with a suspicious liquid inside. If it like drives the story, I do not mind details, but when it just gets like it's clearly filler and it's just obnoxious, I don't know. It's Yeah, you know, I know I know what you're talking about. I definitely agree. Right. Yeah. Ooh, I'm really actually excited to start chapter seven because it, it, it actually is I think this is my right? favorite chapter. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. This is my favorite I think. chapter. I think. It is a good one. It's about the, the, the mall. Oh, I'm reading this. Right. Okay. Yeah. You want to do voices? Should I do voices? Yeah, I'll do voices. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Chapter 7. Gunshots sounded and glass broke. A patrol car pulled up to the scene. What's the skirt? Sorry. What's the current situation? Asked Jim as he stepped out of the cruiser. A large officer with a gray Kevlar vest turned back towards him. He had a mustache and gray hair. Something's attacking the civilians. The mall. Some, some of them are already dead," said the officer in the vest. "You said something. What do you, what do you mean something?" Jim asked. "Well, it ain't human, that's for sure. That's all the few looks we've uh, had at it have given us so far. We can't identify it," the officer said. "Name's Matt, by the way," said the officer, reaching out his hand to the other. Jim mumbled the other officer. He ignored the hand and fixed his eyes upon the building. Eight armed SWAT personnel walked up to the doors of the mall, guns raised. We're in position, sir, announced the radio. Oh, sorry, radio. We're in position, sir, announced the radio on Matt's vest. Matt pushed a button. I have to do the radio noises, I'm sorry. No, that's okay, I understand. Matt pushed a button on the radio, speaking directly into it. If you see movement, alert me right away. If anything's text, you have my permission to engage. Matt said into his radio. Roger that, sir. Replied the man on the other end. The two officers sat down on the hood of the patrol car. Ooh, patrol car. How does this even start? Asked Jim. Don't know, don't care, just want to end this and save as many civilians as possible. Matt said. Rubbing his eyes. Uh, Chief, we have movement on the second floor. Requesting permission to engage. Said the radio on Matt's waist. Matt picked up the radio. Negative. Hold fire. Negative. Let me let me get a visual first. Matt motioned for Jim to follow. He walked over to another officer who gave them both a pair of binoculars. Matt and Jim stared into the binoculars, watching as a large, menacing creature Slashed at a bloody on the floor. Confirm. Confirm. A target is on the second floor and hunched over with some sort of strange body armor. Matt responded. Positive. 
came the reply. Matt nodded to himself. All right, if you get a clear shot, you take it. Otherwise, market's position, move in. Said Matt into his radio. The sniper took aim and dialed the scope on the and dialed, and turned the dial on the scope slightly. A gunshot sounded. Target neutralized. I repeat, target has been neutralized. The body fell limp, but the sounds of screaming continued. Any more targets visible? Matt asked. Could be, sir. Proceed. Eliminate any remaining targets. Free fire, shoot on sight. But remember, the primary mission is to get all the civilians out, not just to kill whatever that thing is. Yes, sir. The man in front of the SWAT team signaled. <clears throat> the man in front of the SWAT team signaled for his men to walk towards the door, stopping just in front of it. He shouted some order to the men behind him. The sniper slung his rifle over his back and pulled a pistol out of his holster and nodded to at the leader. Two men took out what looked to, to Jim like gas grenades or flashbangs. Ooh, oh boy. <laughs> two, men, two men took out what looked to Jim like grass. Two men took out what looked to Jim like gas grenades or flashbangs and then nodded to the leader as well. The leader turned back to the door and walked forward. They opened ahead of him and stopped, scanning the inside before continuing. The team followed him in, guns and grenades ready. Minutes later, several submachine gun bursts sounded, sounded and echoed off of the mall walls. Jim recognized the first crack as the sniper's pistol. Then, silence. The driver took off his hat, staring blankly at the mall. They're dead. They're all dead. Matt turned and shouted at him. Pull yourself together. That SWAT team was the best of the best, and trust me, they've survived worse. But Jim could see it in the chief's eyes. He believed they were dead, too. Jim saw the regret of sending them in displayed on the face, on his face, the same look he would wear when he went to tell their families what he had sent them, that he had sent them to their deaths. Matt stood there, cemented in place, looking at the mall with the only smallest with only the smallest look of hope in his eyes. Suddenly the radio burst to life. All targets eliminated. Repeat. All targets eliminated. Matt smiled to himself. Roger that. Come out slowly with the civilians. Matt said into the radio. The doors burst open and the man ran out, holding a knife. A gunshot sounded, and the man violently jolted before toppling to the ground. Cease fire! All the targets are down! He wasn't one of them! Yelled Matt. The officer lowered the gun, his pale face with a blank... His face pale with a blank look on his face. The SWAT team walked out of the mall with the hostages running in front of them. Jim ran over to the man on the ground. Call an ambulance! Yelled Jim to the nearest policeman as he looked for a pulse. Jim sprinted over to the injured man. We need to apply pressure to the wound. Hurry up! Jim zeroed in on the scratch on the man's hand, but ignored it. Ooh, it's starting. Ooh, a scratch do, on do, the man's do, hand. Do. How, how innocuous. I wonder, I wonder how that has any significance at all. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Guess we'll see. Guess we'll, Guess have, we'll to have to see. wait and see, huh, won't we? Yeah. Could could be interesting later on. It's it's funny though. Like Jim Jim 
Jim literally bandaged like Carter's wound with a handkerchief, even though cops have like medical stuff on them. Oh yeah. But all of a sudden he's a medical expert here. He's like apply pressure to the wound. Hurry up. Yeah, like, he, he he's got he's got a PhD. He's got everything, dude. He's he's one he was one in everything. That was he's like a two. He's like a four in one tool. That was his entire character arc right there. He was Damn. crying over his partner's death, and then boom, gets a PhD. He ain't no uh, baby. He yeah. stand up and do what need to be done. Talking to the police chief guy. Yeah, thing. Exactly, man. Jim maturing These are is the a characters real hero. that I should be seeing him more in movies and TV shows right. and books. Dude, first day on the job, and he's he's already helping out. Well, he's been on the job for three months. Oh, does it, does it mention that? Yeah, it says in the chapter before this. Oh, okay. Yeah, we I, just read it. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I don't pay attention even when I'm reading or listening. <laughs> I can see okay. that. Yeah. My bad. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll read chapter eight. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Go on ahead. The surgeon slipped on her surgical gloves as she and her crew of three nurses and a doctor pushed the stretcher down the hallway of the hospital. The patient was a young man. He appeared to be suffering from a gunshot wound to the chest. What happened? She asked the doctor beside her. Poor guy. He was at the mall when the attacker busted in. Tried to escape, but was cut down by a policeman who mistook him for the assailant. He was severely injured. Pericardium. Know what that means, but we did when we were ten. I don't even know what that means now. The group wheeled him into the surgery room and was going to begin to prep for surgery, but the room was already taken by four other medical personnel, each performing their own surgical operation on the patient. At the sound of the doors opening, the performing doctor turned around. Dr. Winston, we have a patient with a knee wound. We need you to step in, said the surgeon. Kai nodded and left her other patient on the stretcher. Take this man to the OR. This one's occupied already. Kai nodded to the nurse to leave. Page Dr. Shannon. He can be my replacement. Kai entered the room with the patient. Kai walked over to the wash station to wash her hands and wrists. Then doctor covered Kai's hands with blue latex gloves. She put her surgical mask on and walked over to the patient with a knee impalement. She was intrigued by what she saw, what was impaling the leg. It was what appeared to be a sharp bone sticking out of its leg. Can you identify what it is? The other doctor said. Kai shook her head. It looks like bone, but I'm not positive. She grabbed the small scalpel and made a small incision near the spike. She reached for the forceps to pull the spike out. Suddenly, the patient awakened. The man screamed and clutched his wound. The nurses grabbed his arms and held him down. Get this man some Ativan, Kai shouted. The man shuddered and flailed about, screaming frantically for the remainder. A doctor entered with a syringe and injected it into the man's arm. He slowly began to slow down until he was asleep again. I'm going to grab more Ativan. In case the patient wakes up, we wouldn't want that again. She turned to the nurse on her right. Page Dr. Keller, ask him to assist with the removal. I should be back before further progress. The nurse nodded. Kai walked out. Ooh. Okay. No, it's like the hospital going on. I wonder what it is. Yeah. Interesting. Kai's um, leaving at a such a convenient time. and Exactly. Some dude has it's almost like she's a bone a sticking out plot armor? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's going on with that? All right. <laughs> I, well, no, wait. Does out. she have plot armor, though? We'll I don't later. actually. I'm trying to think about it. I don't know. We'll have to read the next chapter to find out because I'm actually not sure. 
I think I I started out uh, the the Kai chapters and Kai, by the way, for the listeners who aren't reading along with home, which like how dare you not read along at home? But you uh, really can't. Oh, didn't you release this somewhere? No. Well, I did actually on Wattpad, but that was like years ago, and I don't right. even know if it's still up because I don't know my account information login. Oh, do they take them down after a while? I don't think so. Hmm. If I knew my Wattpad information, I could look into it and see if that's still up there. <laughs> well, okay, for for listeners uh, in this far in the episode, uh, now you can start reading along, I guess. Um, <laughs> this late, we're literally starting chapter nine now. But then again, the chapters aren't too long. But yeah, I I think I started the. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but did I start the the doctor chapters? I think you might have, yeah. Because right. I do remember you doing research on like drugs that help like with like putting people under. Yeah, yeah. The first one was ketamine. I actually mentioned that earlier, but I guess we did Ativan. I think I might have asked someone about that, and they were like, "No, what? You would not use ketamine or something." So I was like, oh, "Okay." But uh, uh, okay. For for those reading along at home or not. Or for those reading along at home, you know how it's nobody's spelled. reading along at home. I'll just tell you that right You're, now. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> I'll shut up about that. But uh, Kai, by the way, is spelled K Y E because I do not. I ten year old me did not know any female names, so I was just hammering my keyboard. It's I totally guess totally not K A I. No, it's K Y E. It, oh, it's not K A I. Yo, no, not okay. spelled the correct way. Anyways, let's move on to chapter nine. I'll, I'll right. read this. One. Or actually, it's your turn, actually. Well, it's a short one. I'll do the voices. Should I do... Oh, yeah. This one's short and the next one's short, so I guess we could do a double chapter read again. You want to do a double whamma? Yeah, double double whamma, I guess. Let's do a double whamma. All right. You go voices first. Chapter nine. I'm trying to nine. keep the press at bay for now. I don't know what we can do until we know what the thing was. Matt nodded, taking a sip from his coffee again. Good. How are the animals doing? One of the other men at the table stood up. Spikes are apparently made from bone? That's all you got? Anyone could have figured that out. Sir, this stuff is alien to us. Alright, all we know is that it's contagious upon physical contact and spreads to the bone. We have no idea where it comes from. Any way to stop it when someone gets infected? Uh, apart from amputation, no. Matt sighed. <sighs> well... How 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 are we doing with the National Guard? A police sergeant stood up. Well, they've acknowledged what's going on. They claim that they'll send aid, but th- what that means for us is unclear. Matt clenched his fists in frustration and threw his coffee away, losing Oz, losing all of his taste for caffeine. Ten. Jim hopped into his pickup truck. He had loaded the truck the trunk with his rifle, pistol, and as much ammunition as he could carry. He wanted to be safe from those things, whatever they were. He started the truck, the engine roaring to life. He switched gears and pulled out of his small driveway. After a day like today, Jim needed to leave the city. He decided to stay at his parents' house until this whole situation wore off. Matt had wanted Jim to stay to help in the police department, but Jim had declined. He had needed to leave the city and stay with his family members for a while. Matt had urged him to stay, but after half an hour, Matt gave up and left him alone. Jim turned the steering wheel, and the wheels turned. (laughs) What a great (laughs) sentence. 
He was exhausted. At first, his patrol had gone on longer than he had expected. And second, he had to do the impossible, kill his own partner. A car zoomed past Jim's truck as soon as... A car zoomed past Jim's truck. As soon as he would get his parents, he would sleep. The box of shotgun shells and 9mm pistol rounds rustled in the trunk. Jim slammed on the gas, and the car accelerated. The image of his partner kept appearing in Jim's mind, reminding him of what he had had to do. He rubbed his eyes to prevent tears. I guess he just took both hands off the wheel and rubbed his eyes. (laughs) Yeah, he just, yeah. Casually blinds himself and uh, doesn't allow himself to have any control of the if car. If you rub your eyes and it's like you rub too hard and you just see all white or all black, it, no, like black, it'll just be like spotted blackness. And you're like, yeah, spots. Dude, when you that, like rub your eyes too hard. At that Imagine point, he did that and he just crashed. That's the end of his 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 story. Well, okay, so I know you're not real. Are you driving it? No. No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, but like, imagine you're driving and then you just suddenly go blind, like right in the just instantly. Like, what I do you do see, with that? I can't see anything. Right. You're screwed. That'd be so bad. Dude. I bet that's happened before somehow, but... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, anyway, so... First, uh... I don't know. First chapter, chapter 9 that I read. I mean... Yeah, so it's... And I'll read uh, chapter 11. Right. Chapter 11 actually is a decent, like, length in, in length. Yeah. And then I, I can read, one. because you read 2, I mean, I kind of want to... I can read 12, too, I guess. 12 is, 12 is short, short. Yeah. So uh, I, and then we, I just wanted to mention the National Guard gets mentioned in 9. I don't know. Is that the next chapter? Is it, no. Uh, well, you'll see that later, dear listeners. Uh, but 10, yeah, that's also important, but not as important as 9, I think. Yeah. Give me a second. So, all right, I'll start with chapter 11 then. Chapter 11. Kai had hoped that what she needed would be here. But the cabinet had clearly not been sorted out in a long time, and it took her 15 minutes to finally find Adivin. She wasted no time stopping on her way back to the surgical room, for fear for the fact that the patient had woken up again. What she found was much worse. As Kai turned the corner, um, sorry, hold on. As, t- as Kai turned the corner on her way to this uh, section of the hospital titled Surgery, uh, she slipped on something she couldn't see. A small bottle of Advin smashed into to the ground next to her. What, what the heck? Her voice trailed off as she lifted her hand, seeing it stained with blood. She screamed and crawled away from the hallway, in the middle of which lay a dead body. The lights flickered for a second, then shut off completely. Her eyes darted and frantically unsure of what to do. She crawled backwards, stumbling back in an effort to get away. Suddenly, she fell back and toppled down a long staircase, hitting her head on the way down. She was unconscious by the time she reached the bottom. When she woke up, she found her bearings and realized where she was. She had fallen down the staircase to the old janitor's room. She got up and looked around. It was dark inside, but her eyes quickly adjusted to the dark. The place clearly hadn't been used in a few years. There was dust everywhere, and it was completely deserted. Kai walked back up the stairs this place hadn't been used in years. Why was the door been open? Why had the door been open? She pushed the door aside and realized that one of its hinges was broken. A small part of a white needle was stuck in the door frame. She looked back toward the dead body, except it wasn't there anymore. 
She suddenly remembered what the body had looked like. A cold chill went up her spine as she remembered a needle stuck in its side. One just like the one in the doorframe. Whatever that spike was from, it had transformed the patient into one. She dashed back down the staircase and went to the far corner. The door there led to the electric room, but the door there had been knocked off its hinges as well. Kai noticed two wires on the floor that had been ripped apart. She connected the wires and tied the bits together. The lights flickered on and Kai suddenly felt safer. It suddenly also felt that she was being watched. Something dripped down from the ceiling, landing right up next to her. She stared down at it and noticed it was red. Another drop fell, and another. The last drop landed on the back of her hand. She gazed down at it. Blood. The realization set in. She stared up at the ceiling above her, and snarling back down at her was a creature, ugly and white, with fresh blood dripping from its claw. Dang. Just turned a whole different chapter in this book. Now it's like a horror. <laughs> yeah, horror chapter. Is a horror chapter. I don't know. Oh I, my goodness. Yeah, the I think the tone doesn't really. I think it still fits with the tone of, of the book. I I, th- I do think so. I th- I think I think our book is like the best representation I can think of for our book, like matching something in today's yeah. ki- type of entertainment. Yeah. Would probably be. trying to think of a book that has like comedy action and like horror aspects but i can't really jurassic mm. world i guess that's <laughs> the closest i can think jurassic park jurassic world i mean it has some scary parts but it's mostly action and like adventure and like comedy and they sprinkle in yeah, comedy, yeah. they sprinkle in a little aspects of like horror in there yeah i mean you can you can still have uh changes like that with the tone staying the same oh yeah 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 you can but i think i don't i wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say this book is particularly one thing or another, though. I think it's more action than anything else. Um, right, yeah. But, like, yeah. There's just... <laughs> I like to think that in this New York City hospital, there is an entire area, a janitorial area, no less, that is just unused. I was going to say that, and the fact that it's <laughs> downstairs, or stairs in that right. closet? Dude. <laughs> yeah, stairs. I think... I think that's hilarious. I was like, what was I thinking when I made this? It was like, there's stairs you, into a she, closet that goes I'll, down into a janitor's closet. I'll tell you what, she like stumbled into some like old superheroes, like secret layer or something. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be like, uh, like, uh, oh my God. It's going to be like, uh, Dr. Doom's layer right. <laughs> from Fantastic Four. This is him down there creating experiments. Just while this whole other situation is going down, she just like, half-haphazardly finds out that there's been an entire, like, undiscovered section. Exactly, exactly. <sighs> oh, my lord. Can I you... love past us sometimes, and then sometimes I just don't understand what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, no, that it definitely, we have definitely, um, our, our abilities when we were younger and typing and coming up with common sense and, like, Hmm. how there's stairs inside of a closet that lead down to a janitor's room that makes no sense but it actually this is uh, one of our longest videos or episodes so i think we are actually going to end it here um this is going to be part one an hour an hour and eight minutes wow this Hmm. is uh i think we're going to end here this is our going to be part one of the of our reading of our uh, book that we made in fifth grade and i'll mark it so we don't lose our spot chapter 12 is where we left off 
Wow. And um, yeah, this is going to be part one, which is going to go out onto our uh, main page. Um, and we, I don't know what we're going to call it yet. I'll find that out when I'm editing and stuff. But um, right. this is going to be part one. The rest of the parts will be available exclusively on our Patreon, which will be linked in this uh, episode description. And it's also linked in our uh, show description as well. It is uh, $4 a month and you get exclusive content like the rest of this series which is honestly, I don't know how many parts there will be, but um, the rest of this series will be on that Patreon for $4 a month. This is just a little taste and a little teaser to get you guys um, your appetite whetted so you guys can maybe, um, if you're interested in hearing the rest of it, uh, check out the Patreon. But don't be worried. If you want more of, of the Nonsense and Everything episodes, bonus episodes, it's not behind just a paywall. There are going to be a bunch of other episodes coming out uh, for free on the regular, um, our regular web, or like a regular um uh, what's our, a regular podcast page like yeah. on google podcasts uh, spotify uh, apple Podcasts, etc so um again this the rest of this specific series of reading this as an audiobook is going to be exclusively the rest on patreon for four dollars a month be sure to check that out if you guys are interested again i am joined today with uh oliver buddy yep. who helped me write this in fourth or fifth grade fifth grade fifth grade and we finished it four years later or almost five years technically in our yeah. end of freshman year before COVID hit big and school was shut down. Yeah. Which was crazy, by the way, because I remember we were talking about it at lunch. We're like, bro, we should we should finish this book because I don't think it was finished quite yet. Did we finish it? And I think, if anything, we only just did edits. I don't know how much we I think were maybe it was, maybe you're right. Maybe it was just edits. I feel like I eighth grade, we just sort of just edits. ended it. And then I had heard from you at the, like, when we met uh, back in freshman year after the summer that you had put it on. Where'd you put it? But you uploaded it somewhere, and I was like, "Oh no, this is public." Oh yeah, now. I, I, I think that's when I opened, uh, uploaded it on um on Wattpad. Wattpad, okay, yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Real quick, I, if you were saying you don't have a name for this yet, yeah, I think, I don't know, just a suggestion, nonsense and story time, nonsense just for this segment. I don't know. I well, the, the main it. thing is going to be called nonsense and everything, but maybe right. the maybe itself it could just be called story time, part one. Well, I think nonsense and story time is like that's what the the segment is called oh. think about it actually yeah not telling not you how to run bad. your podcast no that's not <laughs> bad that's not bad actually it's pretty decent i'll think about it though all right but we we yeah we have been going on for a while so i think we're gonna end it here guys so thank you for uh, listening to our uh, podcast uh, this, uh, special bonus episode again last time now the rest of this series uh part two and and so on will be available only on patreon uh, for four dollars a month um and it uh, not only will just these episodes be on the patreon other exclusive content coming soon will be available on there as well yeah. but other content basic or uh, regular content where we just do the regular show and just have friends on and stuff like that will be available for just on a regular um, podcast page so I'm, guys i I'm, appreciate you guys for i personally am i'm really looking forward to reading the rest of this this was this was like genuinely i am really looking forward to this it was actually really oh, yeah. enjoyable just I, the nostalgia I, I and the yeah time. yeah it's yeah. it's kind of good. I don't know. <laughs> it is like bad good, like Sharknado bad good. Dude, yeah. Oh, it's it's a bit bad good, and then it's also like okay, I'm in the story. There's Jim. Okay, Jim's yeah. Jim's a character. I don't know. I'm feeling. That. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. So guys, but uh, again, thank you, uh, thank you for listening. Make sure to uh, check in for our next episode of Just Nonsense and Everything, and then keep an eye out for uh, on Patreon for uh, part two of this um, nonsense and story time. That's what we're calling it now. So uh, thank you again. Thank you for listening. And uh, you guys enjoy your day. Again, this is uh, your boy Edmund. And I'm joined here by Oliver today. Goodbye. Yep. See you guys till next time.